Ladies and gentlemen, absolutely fantastic show today. We discuss the state of affairs with Board Ape Yacht Club and how there's an increasing amount of FUD from their audience on what is happening in the ecosystem right now. We also talk about the art blocks pump that's going down right now and the fine art side of the NFT market, the lack of execution risk that's on that side of the market versus the startup side, so to speak, for projects like Board Ape Yacht Club, Moonbirds, Azuki, etc. We discuss past. That's a name we hadn't brought up on the show in a long time. So that's always a fun conversation. And ultimately, we have the show sponsored by Gala Games. So we talk about Spider Tanks, a free-to-play game that's actually fun. I know, crazy idea in the NFT space. So hope you enjoy the show. Catch you guys next time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, October 31st. Halloween, and you have tuned into the NFT Morning Show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week. We talk all things NFT market, what's going up, what's going down, what the stories of the NFT space are. I'm your host, P.O., here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business, a bored ape, a VR goggle crypto punk. He's probably got better NFTs than you. Signal, one of the most sophisticated collectors that I know of that operates in the NFT market, the author of the Nifty Daily Digest, the host of the soon-to-be-released artist spotlight section in our media company. Can't wait to roll that out. Can't wait to see what Signal cooks up there. And of course, she's the host of the weather report that many have learned uh, you know, to subscribe to every single day. NFT God, speaking of newsletters, he's got the NFT God newsletter, one of the biggest in the space, very robust, very thoughtful, love having him on the show. King Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders, an absolute degenerate NFT trader, but one that does it with some technical foundation. Easy yeah! Easy's Bodega, the host of Solana Made Easy, now NFTs Made Easy, the creator of Bodega Buddies, the Solana celebrity, a rising star in the NFT and content creation space. We got Clemente from WGMIIO. I love uh, having people on the show that work in the NFT space full time and are following the market, providing updates. Love having Clemente on. Deep. The host of Rolling Into Deep, one of the newest team members at the Nifty. Absolutely love hearing Dadeep's takes and what he's seeing in the market. And of course, we have Jason Brink from Gala Games. Gala Games is today's sponsor. We're giving away three spider tanks. So if you retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Gala Games, then you'll have a chance to win. We're going to be talking about a free-to-play game today. We're not talking about an NFT drop. We're not talking about buying a product. We're just talking about playing a fun game that's being released by Gala Games. So retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Gala Games for a chance to win one of those three Spider Tank NFTs. But you can play the game for free. It's going to be very, very fun to learn about that later in the show. Stick around. You have to be in the audience to win. It's going to be exciting. Before I go any further, though, how's it going? Kicks. Absolutely phenomenal. How are you doing, P.O.? Um, I'm, I, I've made some moves over the weekend. I've been learning uh, the Japanese language, which is honestly beautiful. Um, and I've been purchasing uh, Japanese um, NFTs. <laughs> so uh, kind of going bilingual in my uh, language and in my bag. 
<laughs> and you've been uh, apparently testing out your audio and it's working great. You sound great, buddy. Uh, I feel like if you were speaking Japanese with that audio, it'd be phenomenal, but I would never ask you to do that because I just think that would probably be the most offensive thing yeah, ever. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't speak it, but I can use Google Translate. And honestly, uh, like Google Translate shows the beauty of the language. Uh, they just speak more elegantly than us. <laughs> I mean, speaking of foreign languages, you know, we're heading out to London. They speak English there. But then to Lisbon, where I've never been to Portugal, never been to Lisbon, heard nothing but good things. Also saw that the area that our hotel is in in Lisbon has nothing but what seems to be Italian restaurants. So I was very thrilled to see that. Started looking at menus last night while I was just hanging out on a Sunday night. Uh, definitely going to be getting some proper Italian food in Lisbon. I, I told my mom and she was like, well, make sure you try the local cuisine. Of course, mom. Of course. Come on now. Uh, we're going to be there for five days. Uh, but it's nice to know that after I crank out you know, a workout in the hotel gym, I can go carb up and get the calorie load in uh, at an Italian restaurant. Nick, are you disappointed that you're skipping the Euro trip? Are you experiencing FOMO yet? No, not at all. <laughs> Like literally, I'm I'm inc incredibly pleased with my decision, <laughs> um, and I'm just sitting here thinking, ah, oh, you're gonna enjoy yourself. N none of that bullshit, that uh, craziness that they're getting into. The only thing I considered doing was flying to London for 36 hours to uh, come to the event, uh, and that that that's about it. Okay, well, I'm really excited about the London event. Uh, I posted the details, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to be in London this week on the 3rd, you should totally pull up at our event. It is not token-gated. Everybody That's is Thursday. welcome. Uh, I believe so, but I have all the details posted. I tweeted it out. That's going to be a jam. Uh, Nick, are you excited to go to the World Series this evening? Uh, well, I actually could care less about it, but it uh, does seem like a worthy journey to head out there. And then after seeing the tickets that we got, uh, thanks to So Rare, uh, I was like, well, someone else values this at, uh, based on what they're paying for it. So um, super excited. Uh, we'll get a view from the third baseline. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm more of a first baseline type of person. <laughs> Uh, and you also, almost turned the tickets down. You're like, I only do first base. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing in relationships. I've only been kissing for years. <laughs> and uh, I think that, you know, well, I'm excited to see it. Actually, no. I, the one time I went to the World Series uh, was in San Francisco, and it was on the third baseline. Uh, and it was raining, um, which there is a chance of that happening again. And I was pretty frustrated about it because I'd spent a significant amount to go. I was like, you know what? One time I lived across from the stadium. So I was like, I, I'm going to pay to go to the World Series one time, say that I did it. Here I go. And I paid for it and it was raining. And I was just, I don't know, I was, I was overall uh, disappointed with that part of the experience. But other, and I think the Giants lost that one particular game despite winning the World Series. So the next night, I think they ended up winning the World Series. But it, it was, uh, or maybe a couple games later, whatever it is, I, I, I ended up not having the best uh, experience. And then I'm like, man, it, it, it's basically gambling uh, with attending these events, especially when you're paying a significant amount. Um, because like, who wants to pay a lot to go to a losing game? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's disappointing. The stakes are quite higher. Like, imagine you get floor seats to a basketball game and they lose. You're just like, why did I do that? 
Like you, that. you sound like a real diehard right now, a true <laughs> fan. Uh, if the team doesn't win, why the hell should I go to well, the game? Well, in this case, I don't. I don't really care about the, uh, uh, you know, who, who who's playing. Um, I don't even know who's playing. Uh, apparently, it's in Philadelphia, so I'm assuming there's a team from Philadelphia that's part of. The uh, Philadelphia Phillies is playing, Nick. Um, actually, fun fact, uh, the last time they won the World Series, uh, we had a great economic collapse. So we'll have to see if they go two for two. Oh, on my gosh. Maybe watching that live. The last three times they won the World Series has been an economic collapse, like the 20s, the 80s, and then 08. Yeah, I was, trying to, I was trying to look it up. I thought so, too, <laughs> NFT God, like 1929. That's, that is a great batting average. Well, here we go. Well, now uh, we know I'm going to go gonna... root for the uh, Phillies, I guess. Well, Nick, we got to write that down because that's going to go into some of the content that we're making. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, sign up at thenifty.com slash so rare. Shout out to our sponsor, So Rare, for the World Series tickets. It's going to be a good time. Can't wait to eat a Philly roast pork. For those of y'all thinking, what about the cheesesteak, P.O.? The true Philly sandwich is the roast pork. But enough about sandwiches, enough about the World Series, enough about uh, Nick being a diehard true sports fan i'd love to hear from signal and understand what's the weather looking like in the nft space sounds like we might get rained on at the world series but the nft space has a whole different climate signal what's going on this morning how you doing yeah i need to get this off my chest we need to stop changing the clock hours okay this whole like it goes to winter it changes it goes to spring it goes forward i was just like chilling <laughs> having my matcha this morning and you know just you know just having a good morning and then all of a sudden somebody talks about how they love that they got to sleep in one hour extra and i was i was like what do you mean one hour extra I'm like the clocks have changed and i was like oh the clocks have changed wait okay, cool and then did? yeah but in europe but in europe but then uh and i was like oh my god the clocks have changed and I had to run home, get my laptop and do the news because I was like, it's changed. I've lost an hour. So all this. And the thing is, I just use my iPhone like everybody does. It's not like the old days where the clocks change and you used to go and change or your parents used to go and physically change the clock in the house. Now the iPhone just magically updates. So, yeah, the clocks have changed on my side. So the show is one hour earlier, um, no. which was a really nice surprise. We go back next week. But uh isn't it one hour? Well, I guess if you went back uh, one hour and we didn't, then yes, it changed. But you you technically gain an hour uh, in terms of sleep. Yeah, you gain about like an hour of sleep, but the show starts an hour earlier as well for me. So, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that was fun. Anyway, it didn't change the weather, though, in the NFT space. That has changed the same. That has stayed the same, despite uh, what is going on with the clocks. But GM everyone, today, Monday, the 31st of October, it is Halloween, favorite holiday of the year. Uh, well, top three, I would say. Uh, on to volume. OpenSea volume over the weekend came in at 7 million, 7.3 million on Saturday and 8.3 million on Sunday. So we're still looking rather muted on that side. On to the leaders. We've got Apes under 70 ETH. Uh, we got Punks, uh, sorry, not Punks, Mutants under 13 ETH and Punks still holding uh, nicely there. Uh, Moonbirds seem to be uh, taking a dive down to 8.4. Doodles have recorrected uh, to 7 ETH and Clonex still doing well there. 
Over the weekend, um, we've got crypto dick butts storming to the top three on OpenSea after Elon Musk tweeted a dick butt. Obviously, dick butts are known, they're a well-known meme, but uh, obviously everyone in the NFT space interpreted it as a pump on the NFT. So dick butts, which were about 1.9 ETH before the tweet and then settled around 2.9 ETH afterwards. So you'll see those in the top three. On to Artblocks. Artblocks is probably one of the uh, collections still beating this downward trend. You've got uh, Squiggles still holding uh, more than a 15 ETH floor. Multiple series saw higher floors over the weekend after AB announced that certain projects are going to be featured at Art Basel. And in particular, Friday's drop, uh, Artblocks uh, collab with Pace Gallery. The project there was called Contractions. That hit a 10x out of the gate. The floor reached an all-time high of 7.4 ETH before settling at 6.2. So you could have paper hand all the way up to seven and uh, missed out on those gains. That was phenomenal. Even the art blocks community didn't see that one come in. On to Aku. Aku by Micah Johnson is back in the mix after the team is releasing an early alpha today. They have the first ever customizable NFT gallery built inside of Unreal Engine 5 that's going to allow you to play as your own Akatar PFP into any scalable virtual world. Floor and Arcatos still holding 0.5 ETH there. And lastly, Life in Our Minds or Lyom was one of the best mints of the weekend. That is a dynamic NFT collection and an interactive generative virtual sculpture that actually changes depending how long the NFT has been in the holder's wallet. Punk6529 bought in, so volume came in and a floor hit 1.4 before settling around 0.6 today. On to crypto, we got a nice pump over the weekend. BTC retraced a little bit now at 20.7 ETH in the 1600 range. We heard this from Bouvet last weekend that this is what the tech technicals were showing. Um, and so overall, whilst volume has been muted, uh, we are seeing these sort of isolated parts of the market do well, in particularly Art Blocks, which has had a lot of attention because of Art Basel. And it just seems to be weathering the downward trend of the market at the moment. Friday's contractions is, is showing that. So for now, the 24-hour forecast is overcast and rainy in most parts of the market, but you will see a little bit of sunshine if you're in the art market. Back to you guys. Fantastic weather report as usual signal. And I want to hear from Kix in just a moment. A very impressive performance by the Art Blocks collections. Also great to see, uh, you know, my biggest holdings, the Akutars uh, making a little bit of a splash. I see Pranksy swept again. I, Pranksy must have like 500 of these things at this point and uh, have pushed them up to a half ETH floor. So I personally am happy to see that. Some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, uh, just tacking on to what signal brought up in in the weather report. Elon's tweet about crypto dick butts not only prompted a run on the market, but also prompted people to have one of his everydays focused on a real life crypto dick butt, which is a pretty graphic image. Uh, you can go look it up yourself. And it definitely uh, garnered a strong reaction on Twitter. Always give it to people uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, soliciting a re reaction from an audience. Uh, Oni Force, the 2021 hit anime connection, uh, collection, is in talks to negotiate a buyout for the project. This falls into Kix's rugs and acquisitions theory. However, the buyer is not non-fungible films 
after Cameron uh, Moulin's offer was rejected. So someone else wants to do a little RNA, a rug and acquisition here. Dogecoin's price jumped by nearly 75% to reach uh, four, almost 15 cents on October 29th, which is its biggest daily gain since April 2021 in a hopes that the cryptocurrency will get a major boost from Elon Musk's Twitter acquisition. So between Dogecoin and crypto dick butts, you're seeing the power of memes and you're seeing a market for things uh, in the crypto space that people think Elon might tweet about. Last but not least, G Money is growing the 9DCC community, that's his clothing line that's dropped in the past few months, using networked products and POAPs. We've seen him do the POAP thing before with his Admit One collection. Each t-shirt comes with 200 POAPs and each owner can distribute them to new people with first POAP activations happening at Art Basel, Miami. Uh, it almost sounds like a little Herbalife structure. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, G-Money. Anyway, <laughs> Nick, you unmuted. <laughs> oh, man, that was a good one. Yeah. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to 9DC, the modern Herbalife. Back to you, Pia. <laughs> uh, that, that's it for the Nifty Daily Digest, written by Signal Monday through Friday. You can subscribe at thenifty.com. Kicks has his hand raised. Kicks, yep. what's going on? Pio, thanks for asking. Yeah, it is very interesting how control of the Senate could go either way. I'm very interested to see how this flip-flops here and uh, whether or not the impact that it has on the NFT market. Thanks for asking that. Kicks, over to you. Kicks. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, yeah, first of all, uh, I used to be a huge proponent of uh, the freedom of speech until I saw uh, last night uh, Beeple's post. Now I am a <laughs> proponent of censorship. I think everyone should be censored. I think... All of these tweets should go through a panel before they're even allowed to go live. Um, but yeah, just looking at the uh, the markets over the weekend. So I did a lot of thinking this weekend and looking at my finances and planning out my next year strategy. So uh, over the weekend, I officially started the Kicks uh, repo facility where I will be acquiring Ethereum uh, and other coins uh, on a regular basis over the next year. Whoa, uh, crazy idea! Oh my goodness. Yeah. I know, dude. Yeah, it's it's time to start acquiring some of this stuff, man. I I, I started reading a little uh, sovereign individual a, a book out there that a lot of people recommended, and uh, yeah, it it's just getting me uh, it's getting me thinking. Yeah, like even if even if we're in a bear market for like two years, three years, like if we're really betting on like Ethereum winning, right? Like you know, the, on a five year horizon, it, I think it's good just to start acquiring. So I'm buying little bits and chunks a couple times a month. Um, and if it goes up or down, I'm not really going to care. Um, and then, yeah, looking at the NFT market. So yeah, I bought a Japanese NFT last night. But other than that, I'm, I'm just waiting a little bit just because NFTs are in a really weird predicament right now where uh, if crypto goes bullish, it's bearish for NFTs. And as we saw with the last range, if crypto uh, ranges, it's not bullish for NFTs anymore. At least it doesn't seem like it. And then if we have some sort of you know catastrophic you know financial meltdown, that's also bad for NFTs. So we don't have a lot of scenarios where um, you know it's it's we're going to have this catalyst for NFTs. And also the more that I think about it, the more that I think it's possible that uh, NFTs have their kind of macro bull run after crypto has like reestablish some sort of strength. Like it's kind of weird to think about, but like I think NFTs can do better at 2,500 ETH 
than at 1500 ETH, if that makes sense. Just because that means the market's like overall more healthy. That doesn't mean I'm <clears throat> dumping my bags that I currently have or anything like that, but I'm definitely cautious uh, when it comes to like buying for anything other than uh, short-term swings. But I, I am starting to you know, like the, the, the crypto side of the market a little bit more, but yeah. What was the book that you read? The Sovereign Individual. And I, this fucking genius wrote it like 20 years ago and just like, you know, predicts everything we're doing today. <laughs> uh, that is a big time book in the Bitcoin community. You hear Bitcoiners talk about that one a lot. I love uh, Kicks bringing up the idea. It's a crazy idea of buying valuable assets a little bit at a time and holding them. That's, I mean, it's crazy. It's revolutionary. I've never talked about that before. Signal has her hand raised. What's going on, Sig? Uh, Kicks, I wanted to ask you, uh, aside from ETH, what other coins are you looking at? Um, I uh, bought a little bit of Matic and a little bit of a Chainlink as well. There's a bunch of people on Twitter pumping Chainlink. So, um, yeah. Oh wow, Chainlink. That's def it's definitely smarter to buy Chainlink over Bitcoin. Uh NFT God, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I kind of predicted this last week, not to, you know, pump my own uh Nick's shoes, but uh CZ was on uh, CNBC this morning from Binance and he was talking about how he wants to turn Twitter into a web3 experience, uh which I think is f absolutely fantastic news. One for the future crypto and, and where we might be in a couple years. Uh, but two, for the people in this space overall, I mean, if, if NFTs and crypto are part of everything on Twitter, it, it really is going to drive people to this little Web3 bubble we're in. I mean, I, I truly believe all of us are in this kind of bubble where our tweets are only seen by each other. Uh, so I think this is this is great news that CZ is having some sort of hand in the future of Twitter. A hundred percent. I was literally talking to Nick about this yesterday. I was like, my audience on Twitter is NFT people. If I put out a tweet and it gets a lot of impressions, the people that see that that are you know responsible for those impressions are almost entirely NFT people. Like that's just how it is. So that's that's the current state of affairs. We we sh could expand. It's totally possible. Um, NFT God, I'd be curious. I'm gonna throw it to Jesse in a minute, but I'd be curious. NFT God, what do you think of all this art blocks action? And, you know, we're talking about the fine art side of the market here. Like, I don't know. Do you feel like there's a future where NFT God acquires some of these fine art assets? Or like, I don't know. What's your position on art blocks? Yeah, I, I'm definitely in. Uh, I picked up, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago on Nodes Podcast. I picked up a Grant Yoon a, a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm all in on art. You know, a lot of people, when they think investing in the metaverse, because I'm a massive believer in the metaverse and, and that it's going to be an experience in the future. A lot of people, when they invest in it, they're buying other side land, they're buying sandbox land. I, I think that's a total gamble and probably going to lead to lost money. I'm trying to only buy assets that are interoperable between all of those experiences so that no matter which one wins, I win. And the, the number one thing that's going to be interoperable between all those experiences is going to be art. And so I, I've been picking up art pieces. One sector I think is going to be up and coming in the future that I'm trying to get into is 3D models. So like statues, for instance, you know, 3D models of plants, things like that, I think is going to be absolutely massive in five to 10 years. And there's already a bunch of collections of like 3D plants that you can purchase. So I'm looking to get into that as well. I think these interoperable metaverse assets are way better of a bet than like land.
I love the take. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, reminder to retweet the tweet that's pinned at the top and follow today's sponsor, Gala Games. Going to be giving away three Spider Tank NFTs and learning about the new game Spider Tanks that is dropping or it's available to play now. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Sorry, Kicks. Said, let's go. I love Gala Games, and um, I uh, I have uh, bought a lot of their uh, product, their NFTs before. So big fan of the sponsor today. Well, hope hope you can stick around to ask some really good questions. Go ahead, Jason. I like to hear that, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Also, a side note, real quick. I love Gala Games as well. I did some business with them on the Web Two side. I'm going to DM them right after this. But they're they're great people. Everyone who works over there. Well, a little Web2 docs, NFT God. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Jesse, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah, none, none of that Web3 Twitter stuff or Metaverse stuff is ever going to happen. But um, the I, I do agree. I mean, I've been saying for a while, I do think ETH and NFTs are, are kind of just continuing to decouple from the traditional crypto narratives. All the people that came from like old grizzled 2016 or whatever, the last bear market, they're like, we've been through this. It's going to go down 90%. It's like, it's, it's there's just not enough time here to look back the precedent it just becomes less and less and less relevant i think where there's a completely new narrative for eth it's got much more mainstream adoption and if you just looked at the macro from the past six months we would have been at three digit eth a long time ago so something clearly has changed from the last bear market and each bear market just like each bull market you get kind of like a 50 percent. You, you don't just double every time there's like you get diminishing returns every time and it's the same i think on the losses here ETH has just been established. It's on institutional books. It's in operational budgets. It's just clearly gotten a new narrative. But um, I do. I, I am on board with this. Uh, I'm kind of going all in on art. Also, um, I don't know. We all seem to miss this last art blocks that like rocketed to eight ETH. Um, but that's the one thing I've, that that's sustained. I'd be interested to hear what Kix's take is, um, just in general, on his. Uh, QQQ because that's one of those things that's a long-term hold that goes to 20 ETH and it's 12 and it's like you have to have just like a mentality for that um, but yeah Nick I mean what, I, I'm also curious Nick what did you do with your R Planet profits did you get like a, a garment bag from Amazon with four and a half stars are you talking about QQL and not the QQQ <laughs> QQL well I called uh, crash test joyriders crypto joyriders last time so I didn't, I didn't sell my, uh, my R Planet should I have done that it's no, been no, volatile. I thought someone in the Discord said you sold. I sold two out of three for for profits, for lunch money profits, but profits nonetheless, and I still have one. Um, it's down at a 0 0.07 floor now, but there's pretty Damn consistent it. volume. I mean, but Nick, it might come up again. That's the thing is like the volume is really consistent. It's been pretty volatile. The market doesn't seem to want to let it go below like 0.06. It was at 0.17 uh, average price on the 29th, um, so that would have been Saturday, and that would have been the time for uh, your boy to have sold. Uh, I didn't sell then, so now I'm looking at. Technically, I'm down, um, but it doesn't matter, you know. Uh, so no, I didn't sell it. Uh, I'm just looking forward to these going for one ETH, and uh, you know, if you want to get in on the next hot project, well, let me tell you. It's everything that's in my portfolio, especially our planet. Our planet's one of the premier okay. up-and-coming okay. NFT Okay, okay, project. okay. And, and there is consistent volume on it. Kix, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Um, yeah, just to uh, answer Jesse's question, yeah, I'm just holding the QQL for a long time. It'll, it'll either work out or it won't. Um, but with the, uh, the bullishness around uh, just art in general, 
uh, Chromie Squiggles at fifteen point six five right now. Um, I feel like it's a it's a pretty good uh, long term hold. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I was going to talk about um, it. It seems like the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club ecosystem has been getting a lot of fud over the yeah. past week. What's yeah, the deal that, with that? I don't understand it. That that merch didn't help. Go ahead, kicks. Yeah, I think that there's just some frustration going on. I'm a big fall. I have D Farmer on just follow all everything, so I just see everything this guy says, um, and he just seems to be getting like in- increasingly frustrated. I think it's a mixture between um, how quiet it is on like the news front. So you know, there's not not a lot of information coming out about other deeds or other sides. There's been some delays on the ape coin staking and stuff like that. Um, so I think that there's <clears throat> some frustration kind of like brewing there. And then, you know, to top it all off, we just had some uh, loans go on liquidation um, and they, a lot of them sold between 60 and 65 ETH. So that's, that started to, to bring down the floor um, a little bit as well. Um, we've also of course seen uh gutter cat gang, delay their gang token um and that caused some frustration um in, in the community i i personally think that that was an understandable move by gutter cat gang um but you know honing back onto the board ape side yeah it just seems like there's um some frustration from the community and i mean i, I i'm bringing it up not because i'm trying to cheer it on or anything like that but you know board ape yacht club and yuga labs has has pretty much gone for uh, a year and a half now without uh like a, a forced error or, or really like you know doing something that the community uh, was getting frustrated as. So I'm not really sure if it's just like bear market vibes, you know, like sometimes in a bear market, I think that people will just find problems, right? Like if this was all happening while like board ABI club was, uh, you know, going to 200 ETH, I don't think anyone would really care, but like once, you know, the price goes down, I think people become like more sensitive to these things. So I don't know. It's just something that I'm keeping a pulse on. Like I actually think that like capitulation in the Yuga labs ecosystem could could actually be like net bullish for the space. Maybe that's like, you know, the final flush before we, um, you know, turn things around. But yeah, I'm just keeping tabs on that. People were like complaining this weekend. I responded to one person who was like, um, basically saying, Hey, if you, uh, uh, if you bought and now actually they deleted the original tweet. Um, and they were like, you're down bad now if you're holding on to board ape asset. And I'm like, well, not really. Cause I bought it for $1,500. So yeah, if you bought it at $450,000, you're down bad. The other thing that's sort of odd is anyone that has been holding uh board ape stuff since the beginning, they've gone extended periods of time, uh, without, they don't do public announcements until a drop actually happens. That said, we are slightly extended on that. The uh, there's been the staking uh, that was um, a, another the ApeCoin staking that people were discussing, and that kept getting delayed, and that's being attributed to Yuga Labs. But they're not technically responsible for uh, ApeCoin. Uh, the other thing was uh, the the next rollout of uh, other deed. People were expecting something, I guess, imminently for them to launch the Fortnite. Comp- competitor three three months after they uh, announced that they were building a game, which is a pretty ambitious expectation from the market. Um, so that's something that had a negative impact. Although what it seemed like was the biggest negative impact on other deed uh, was uh, blur, I guess, or, or no, who uh, the staking rewards got adjusted Looks on rare. one of the marketplace. What was it? Looks rare. Yeah. yeah. So 
and and that negatively impacted it. But like it it, it appears to have leveled out at one point two five ETH versus one point seven five ETH, which is yeah, it's down, but it, it's not like the end of the world considering the fact that they have a hundred thousand tokens on that. I, I'm actually more like surprised maybe about all the negative FUD about like. I, I yeah, I wish that I got airdropped another fifty grand real quick. Like that would be really nice before the end of the year. Where you at, Yuga? Like, give me more money. I'm getting pissed off here that uh, you haven't airdropped me more money. But it seems, um, like, I don't understand why people have such like. What are the expectations that you get out of your board ape at this point, other than like owning a board ape uh, and maybe one other airdrop? That's what I've been saying for a while. Is that I think that there's one more airdrop, which accounts for any premium above uh, punks, but the premium has actually gone down significantly. Uh, and we're seeing, uh, we've actually seen more action on the punks floor, uh, from what I can tell, with that having a 65 ETH. So it's actually a comparable price. Um, I, I'd maybe consider, uh, like, if you were going to buy one over the other, I actually think the apes look uh, more attractive at this point in time. Uh, as uh, you know, if you're trying to look for the Warren Buffett trade, uh, might as well uh, buy an ape. That said, like I said, there's no fundamentals in any of these different things. Um, but I think that uh, apes do deserve a slight premium over punks uh, for the sole purpose that there probably is one more airdrop coming. Also uh, worth pointing out, MeBits uh, offers being accepted at 2.75 ETH. I think that's at least worth mentioning. I think it's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So MeBits, you know, available for a decent price right now. Um, I'm gonna Maybe that... Uh, go sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, I do like that trade and kicks. Wait, did you, are you still holding your MeBit kicks? Uh, I actually sold out of the of, of the MeBits. I, I just... <laughs> I, I, I think that... Um, Mebits could get um, a pump because I think that the Yuga Labs team is working on some utility for that, but it's just been sitting at like three forever. And I was just like, you know what? I'd just rather have it in ETH for now. Um, and if there's something significant happening around there, I, I, I can get back in there. But I just feel like if I want to own Board Ape stuff, I feel like, you know, I want to have exposure to like a board ape or, or, or uh, mutants. I, I feel like they have a lot of priorities over there. And if, if you look at their list of things that are the most important things to focus on, I don't think Mebits is at the top of it. It's a fair take uh, for the long term. It might be a different story. Signal has her hand raised signal. What's on your mind? Yeah. I was, I was just on the B on the uh, eight FUD, which I, which I kind of think it's um, what kicks was saying is just people are slightly bored at the moment and expectations of timelines are set around the leaked investor deck. But then when one of the co I can't remember which co-founder it was, but he basically said like, fuck it, we're changing this up. So I don't think people's expectations of when things should happen um, should be sort of benchmarked to the investor roadmap because they actually said it was going to change. Then they've got the SEC all up in their business. I imagine that must just be a ton of admin for Yuga. Um, and then thirdly, if the if ApeCoin staking is being delayed because there's a $4.5 million uh, bounty program being put out, personally, if I was a board Ape holder, I would be very grateful that um, ApeDAO Ape, um, Ape is actually doing this because Binance just got hacked the other day for like 
I think it was like 600, I think it was around 600 million. So, you know, I just think a little bit of like, be grateful, first of all, that Yuga are putting in these places, making sure the SEC and all these regulations can be passed for not only uh, apes, but the entire ecosystem. And that you have confidence that if you're going to stake a substantial amount of ape coin, your coins are not going to be just stolen, given uh, the fact that all of these hacks are actually happening at a sovereign level and not just a basement, uh, someone in their basement doing these hacks. So just think a little bit of like, I don't know, appreciation for the work Yuga is doing here. Yeah, but yeah, also if if North Korea is going to hack you, they're they're not going to take the bug bounty. They're taking that whole fucking shit <laughs> and they're taking it back to North Korea and eating good. Maya, uh, one last comment on this: the, all these people that are like fudding. One of the guys that I saw that was fudding sold his ape last week and then continues to fud. So it's like, dude, wh I, whatever. Like you made your trade basically. Like if if. There's no need to like continue with, with uh, commentary, but everyone's entitled to their opinion, so you can post whatever you want. It's just so ludicrous. The sheer the NFT space is one space where the level of entitlement is absolutely like out of this world. Basically, someone buys an NFT and it's like, all right, you know, I deserve to run this business. Now, I will say, conversely, a lot of people in this Web three space, uh, sort of uh, the, the one of the narratives that people talk about the future of Web3 is how, you know, selling NFTs is about um, having a stakeholders alongside you as, you're develop as you develop your business. So providing maybe a space to hear and to get feedback and to have dialogue with the community, I can see that being viewed as important. Um, but the expectations seem to be wildly misaligned and just seeing it I think this is just indicative of the broader NFT space um, where people that are holding on to these things, I, I, it also to me is indicative of the amount of risk that people have on the table where they're basically so deeply invested uh, in Board Ape Yacht Club that uh, they're basically saying like, I need this thing to go up. I, and that just means you're overexposed. And, and I think there's a lot of people that are in the NFT space that continue to be heavily overexposed and a bear market really just shakes that out and like makes that glaring because it's hard emotionally to go through a 80% or 90% drawdown on your overall portfolio and feel comfortable with that and continue to march forward with the thesis of last year. And instead suddenly like all those bull market theses where it's like, you know, ETH is eventually going to 10K. It's way easier to say that when it's at 5,000. It's a lot harder to say that when it's at 1,000 and and uh, have conviction, especially when you were, uh, quote, dollar cost averaging up at $4,500. Um, so I, I think it's just a tough place to be. But the sheer amount of entitlement in this space is ludicrous. <laughs> I agree. I saw Jason raise his hand. Do you have something to weigh in on uh, in this topic, Jason? I, I absolutely do. I mean, this is something that we deal with at, at Gala a lot, but I have to say I have massive amounts of respect for, for Yuga for doing everything that they're working on doing. But specifically when it comes to game timelines, one of the things that absolutely, absolutely cracks me up is watching the expectation and entitlement surrounding some of those, uh, some of those timelines, because, you know, you, you'll announce that you're building something right in a real game, like a real ass game that's being made for the purpose of playing games um, is like a two, three year timeline. 
and in the blockchain space, everything's like, you know, 90 days. Like you announced a game 90 days ago and it's not done yet. Rug pull scam. And it's just absolutely fascinating to me. And I, I think it's interesting to watch how uh, Yuga is is weathering that and seeing the, uh, the, the, the detractors coming out of the woodwork uh, kind of attacking them. You know, the project that they used to absolutely love because they have no understanding of what a timeline is actually supposed to look like there. Sure. And I saw Kix raise his hand during that. Kix, do you have a comment on what Jason said? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's funny in the NFT community, you could almost create one of those like negative uh, flywheel loops. It's like people are like, they're not communicating enough. They're not giving us strict timelines. Then like the project does it. And then the project like misses a timeline. Like these guys can't hit a deadline. These guys suck. And so then the project, you know, this is like, my freaking life, man. <laughs> right, exactly. So then the project's like, okay, we're not going to share timelines then. Like, if people are going to freak out if we miss one in game development, which is like par for the course, and then people are like, oh, they're not sharing timelines. They're not giving us information. Then you give them information and you miss it. You know, you miss a deadline. It's like an infinite loop of dissatisfaction. <laughs> NFT God, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I agree on all the points. The, the, the thing is, is that vast majority of the liquidity in the NFT space came over the last year because they saw people holding Board Ape Yacht Club making hundreds of thousands of dollars for free. And so they bought in wanting that dream as well. So there is a ton of entitlement, but it, it comes from things that have happened over the last year. And, you know, that's another reason why I'm, I'm more bullish on art than I would be on like Board Ape Yacht Club, for instance, is because there are so many expectations and there's so many things they're doing if ApeCoin gets delayed or if ApeCoin staking gets launched and then the price of the token fails, that's going to kill the price of Board API Club. Or if, you know, the game launches and it stinks, that's going to hurt the, the price of Board API Club. There's so many ways that people's expectations can get hurt that, you know, for me, I'd rather buy like a CryptoPunk where there's zero expectation, zero roadmap, you know, or a piece of art where there's no one going to be fighting it just because there's nothing releasing. We just need to shake out all these people that came in because they saw people making millions of dollars for free left and right. Yeah, and I've seen that with my own eyes. Uh, Clemente, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I, I agree with, with NFT God, and I think Nick Nick pointed out as well, as far as the performance risk, that's the, that's what goes back to the main CryptoPunk versus Board Ape Yacht Club argument. We've been seeing that performance risk play out over the last month. I mean, on October 1st, you got, or Board Apes were sitting at 82 ETH. And now they're sitting at below below 70 on OpenSea. And CryptoPunks have basically held steady. They went from 60, 70 down to 65. So when you look at that undervalued, quote unquote, uh, Board Ape Club does seem like a better play. Like Nick was saying, my question is, though, is, is this not what the community team that board ape yacht club announced like a month ago is this not what they're supposed to be doing is addressing kind of these concerns and bringing this to the team i'm just curious if they've held any spaces if they've done anything to address this as the like the community just, leaders ultimately no uh but that's they never have like historically that's not a precedent that's been set i do think theoretically that there's an opportunity for that we started off uh, with our project doing weekly calls. We've now uh, decreased the cadence, and now it's like every other week or every couple it's of monthly, weeks. Really, monthly, really. Yeah, yeah. And so um, not that we don't want to speak with the community. In fact, some of the, the best stuff that we have, and um, we've actually seen that hopping on those calls 
actually drive sales of our NFT because uh, it gives people an opportunity to connect and hear from you. And so from that standpoint, uh, it would be arguable to do that on a more regular basis. But I, there, there was something that I was thinking as we were, uh, as everyone was speaking through this, is there's space for like uh, so-and-so's law, call it Nifty Nick's law, basically, which I think is comparable to if you're looking at like the uh, present value of a stock, the way that that's uh, there, in, in finance that you would say the fundamentals is basically the present value of all future cash flow or all future earnings basically is what the price of the stock should be. But, but believe it or don't, whatever, you can, you can argue multiple, uh, multiple ways on this, but that's what they say in finance. That's the, the current price of a stock. You don't have something comparable with an NFT, this sort of like asset, basically. Uh, and uh, it, it seems ludicrous to even apply something. But the NFT space is one where execution is the only thing that's attributable to the actual price. This happened with like doodles recently, right? Where, uh, oh my God, they're not tweeting. And so it became like an entire conversation about like, why haven't they tweeted from the account? Then they tweeted GM once and everyone's like, oh my God, they tweeted GM the price literally went up for a short period of time and now now it's come back down because they haven't tweeted GM again. But there is some sort of like uh, broad market expectation of what the, the execution is. So if you release anything on some cadence, then, uh, then it's a good thing, but it cannot be announced. That's like rule number one, never signal uh, your next move. Uh, and that's actually part of the 10 crack commandments as well. Uh, cause you know, bad boys move in silence and violence. And what I would say is basically, uh, you have to, um, so never let them know your next move, but then do a release, right? Like, so then you, you announce something and you have to do that on a regular cadence. The other problem is that it needs to like, the level needs to go up every single time. And that's where I think things have been unsustainable and that at some point the price had to come down because the price was built on every three months, them releasing the dogs, them releasing the mutants, them doing an airdrop of a token, them giving the land, like all those different things uh, like uh, on this insane pace and then not having something to follow on with it, that wasn't sustainable. So the price is just uh, adjusting relative to that. But there needs to be some rule, and I don't know what that, that law is, what that formula is, but essentially it's just like the present value of an NFT is based on like some metric of execution and where we see a lot of other things, ironically, you can break that law. Azuki is a great example of this, where they go months without execution, then out of nowhere, some random thing happens. They but sell a skateboard. Yeah. I think it also has to do with the holders. There's two variables. It's basically execution and who's who's holding that NFT. So like if you have a high enough density of long-term holders, your floor is inherently going to be higher. Um, and that's what we've seen with uh, a lot of different um, projects. And Board Ape Yacht Club happens to be one of those where there's just not a heavy uh, uh, supply side, like sell sell side uh, pressure right now. We just saw that unlock and then the floor came down. Um, so as long as the sales side is low, uh, that, then that's the other formula. Anyways, I'm making up that formula on, uh, on the fly. But remember, 10 crack commandments, incredibly uh, applicable to pretty much everything in business. 
Well, Nick, thank you so much for reminding us of several of the 10 Crack Commandments authored by uh, Christopher Wallace, the Notorious B.I.G. We got Gene Parmesan with his hand raised. Gene, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to quickly agree with uh, NFT guy, I think it was who said. And I think, you know, something that you and I talk about a lot, P.O., is that like, there are all these NFTs that are like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, this NFT is going to watch your kids. It's going to, it's going to mow your grass. It's going to, you know, it's going to take, uh, take, it's going to, you know, it's going to take care of your parents and like all these NFTs make all these promises. And it's like, you know, that's why, you know, we kind of have a preference for stuff that's like art or stuff that, you know, like, like that doesn't make all these promises. Um, and then also agree quickly with uh, Nick about the entitlement. The space, you know, is is insane, right? And I think it's kind of funny that the entitlement still persists even in the absence of royalties, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, you need to do this, this, and this on like this streamlined timeline. Also, I'm not paying you. Um, so yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty crazy. It's wild, uh, and it's not going to go away anytime soon, I don't think. Uh, Kicks, you have your hand raised. I also want to point out, Kicks, you know, sporting a moonbird. You got the moonbird floor at 8.475. This is the lowest, I think, that we've seen it in a while. Yet, Azuki is almost at 12. I mean, I don't know, man. I just scratched my head. I do not understand how Azuki is being favored in the way that it is. But anyway, that's a side note. Go ahead, Kicks. I think Azuki just has a um, uh, a stronger uh, long term community and a um, just a better brand led roadmap. I think the problem with Moonbirds is it seemed to be uh, very ADD in terms of execution and just kind of seems to be like all over the place um, and not this like cohesive uh, direction. Uh, but it's all good. I'll always love my Moonbird, but if it drops below five ETH, I will be switching it out. Um, that's just sometimes <laughs> you got to put your foot in the sand uh, and say when your loss exceeds um, a quarter of a hundred thousand dollars, it's <laughs> time to it's time to move on. It's time to let that bird fly out of the cage and uh, and go find something new. Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> what, see what I end up buying. What's up? I think uh, I just wanted to remind you another uh, great quote by Warren Buffett was "Buy high, sell low." And so uh, I like your strategy here at Kick. Sell it at the bottom. Yeah, no, I'm not going to sell it. I'm just not going to use it as a profile pick. Um, ah, okay. So I thought you were selling it. So you're just swapping the PFP uh, because you think it's disrespectful that they've allowed the floor to go that low. Yeah, I'm actually not going to sell this because I'm pretty sure I can write off the full amount as a marketing expense. Uh, I still have to ask <laughs> my accountant about that. But uh, I think if I never sell it, I've been using it to market my brand. I think there's a, a legal argument there. So uh, I'm just looking at this thing as a full write-off, hoot, hoot. Um, but maybe it gets me some juicy airdrops. Uh, who knows? Okay. And, and was there something that, you know, you had your hand raised, I kind of threw you off with the moonbirds. Any comment on, you know, what Nick or, or Gene Parmesan was talking about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the expectations feel pretty high. I mean, I think it's definitely interesting. I think it's why a lot of people like art. You kind of already said it, that with art, there's no real expectations. I don't know who on stage said it, but like performance risk, I think that's like an, an incredible way to sum up. Um, any sort of project that's trying to do anything. So like whether it's like, you know, they're trying to create a brand like Azuki or they're trying to create a game um, like, you know, other other side or like other deeds, you know, there there's that performance risk that like, you know, art doesn't necessarily have. Having said that, though, like art, I guess, still has risk in terms of like uh, you're relying on the artist to like properly, you know, manage um, their like, you know, collection of art. Like I'm sure artists could still do, you know, weird stuff like pack, right? Like I'm sure, you know, pack pieces maybe have fallen off more significantly than X copy. So I guess there's, you know, still some risk there, but, 
um, you know, overall, I'm still very excited and bullish on on Web three and NFTs, and I'm really bullish on on gaming. Of course, I run a gaming you know company, but um, I, I really do think that um, you know gaming is 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 going to be big if if not this year, you know, next year. Um, as uh, as Jason said, you know, great games take time uh, to get out the door, so uh, definitely going to be patient on it. But yeah, I think right now I, I, I'm still just I'm still just waiting. I think we're just so early. There's going to be so much innovation and new mechanics and stuff like that. I think the worst thing you can do in this kind of market is just get yourself chopped up um, and just buying things that you know potentially are going to slow bleed and stuff like that. I think I think just sitting on your hands and, and waiting for some good catalyst or a good Japanese NFT to come by. <laughs> um, I think that's, you know, the kind of opportunities you want to wait for. There you go. And uh, yeah, reminder, you know, today's sponsor, Gala Games, knows a thing or two about gaming. Retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Gala Games for a chance to win one of the three Spider Tank NFTs that we are giving away. Can't wait to hear from Jason and learn all about Gala Games and Spider Tanks and what's going on. It's a free-to-play game, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so you should definitely check it out if you're into gaming. Uh, also, Kicks. Oh, Kicks looks like he he had to jump for his meeting. But if you ask Elio Trades, the co-host of our show that we do at noontime in about two hours, uh, he'll tell you that 2023 is going to be a huge gaming year and that gaming is going to onboard, I believe he's, you know, millions, but if not billions of people into the NFT space. We got Node on stage, Node with his hand raised. Node, were you, uh, you know, later to this show because of a victory lap on all of the art blocks assets that you own because they're all pumping? Dude, I don't know what happened. I literally, I think it's actually Farouk's fault. Like legit, <laughs> as I was going to bed last night. Uh, so shout out to Farouk in the audience. Um, but as I was going to bed, I saw a tweet. He was like, you know, I'm sure you guys have already talked about this, but we I have saw not. A tweet and he was like, don't look, don't look at this. And I looked and it was Beeple's uh, piece. And I think I had nightmares <laughs> all night and I legit just woke up. I'm still in bed. <laughs> And I, I was like, I woke up and I'm like, still, I still have nightmares of what I saw. Um, and, and yeah, uh, so that was, that was not ideal, but talking about, talking about art, I, yeah, I, I did notice, uh, and shout out to NFT statistics who just, who just, uh, oh yeah, he's still here in the audience, but, uh, he, man, he, he showed like, a, he had a tweet that showed all the top, you know, uh, increases in floor over the last like 24 hours. Every single one was an art blocks piece, uh, and every single one was a piece that I did not own. So congrats to everybody there uh, that owned some of those pieces, which was great. But I do think, uh, just to answer your question, Pio, on on the Azuki versus Moonbirds thing, the uh, when it comes to PFPs, I'm still convinced that so much of it is the the whole identity piece. Um, you don't have to do all sorts of insane executions. It's just, does somebody want to feel like they're part of that club? And do they do they kind of want to wrap up their identity in that and uh, and have that kind of be like their brand? And uh, I think Azuki's is just it, it it caters to an audience that they they want that more than anything else. So uh, that would be that would be my answer on on the Azuki v Moonbirds thing. But what's interesting is I put out a poll uh, a few months ago and I said, hey, which one of these projects is most likely to go to zero? And it was like Azuki, Moonbirds, Doodles, CloneX. And people at Azuki, at, they, they like far and away voted that Azuki would go to zero uh, the most. <laughs> and now it's got the highest floor. So go figure, you know, wisdom of the crowds. 
It has the highest floor, but the second uh, highest market cap because CloneX has 2x the supply of the other projects that you mentioned. So it's worth noting. Also, funny enough, Kix mentioned Pack there offhandedly on the way out. And Lost Poets by Pack is, uh, you know, it's pumping. I mean, there's 30,000 assets in this collection. Uh, with 16% unique ownership, but you're seeing more sales, it seems, today than you've seen uh, pretty much since earlier it, in the... I'm, I'm way more. Nick, go ahead. It Was that part of... Didn't, didn't they have an upcoming drop or something like that? Like there's That's some other assumption. NFT. Yeah. There's more NFTs coming from PAC. Go figure. Uh, 162... <laughs> 162 sales booked on Lost Poets uh, today, and you know, obviously, that's a running that's a running total. So we'll have to see what the story is there. We have uh, we have given Pack a lot of uh, you know uh, we get, we've given Pack a hard time on this show, and I'm not surprised that a new NFT is coming out. Nick, go ahead. Well, I thought you were going to say uh, instead of running total, that's a running joke, uh, which which is just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Murat Pak. I mean, it's one of the most ludicrous things in this space. If if you have like heavy bags of Pak at this point, it's like one of the like it may be a worthy flyer to just like buy it. Although buying anything during like the time of a pump is just a no go at the in this market. So you might as well wait until uh, there's more FUD and more tokens in supply. Because they're not even it, like I don't. Although I'm not familiar with the burn dynamics or or what whatever the tokenomics are of this uh, upcoming drop, so it, I can't perfectly speak to it. Is anyone actually familiar with what's going on with it? I, it wasn't it instead of a circle. We now have like some. Uh, we have in a cube. We have uh, maybe like a triangle or something like that. Well, this one was the blank page. So this was just a yeah. white square. Uh, that then turned into like an AI image of a quote-unquote lost poet, right? Um, I don't think people were like, oh my God, these images of the lost poets are the best things ever. But I mean, th there is actually, you know, there's something there and it seems like it was made with AI. So it, there is some degree of effort done. Uh, I don't. W what was the result of the merch? Was it just him tweeting the circle? Was that the result of the merch? Um, I'm, and this is a serious question. I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> I, I have the merge pulled up on OpenSea. It has a 0.1 ETH floor, and it's a bunch of little black or a little white dots with a black background. What was the conclusion? I know he tweeted the big circle and said, like, you know, uh, you have to be woke to understand this or something like that, but I didn't get the what the conclusion was. It's not like when you watch The Godfather and at the end, Michael lies to his wife and you see that he's totally gone to the dark side. He went from being the golden boy that wasn't going to get caught up in the family business and ultimately became you know, the worst version of what he could be. That's a real conclusion. I didn't really understand how tweeting out the big white circle was the conclusion. <laughs> Well, it, it requires that one person buys all of the NFTs. So we need the floor price inherently to go low enough that uh, one person can actually buy all of them. Uh, that said, if they're not all listed, then that's an impossibility. Uh, so you have to wait until the impossible becomes possible. But that's inherently uh, not possible. <laughs> well, it sounds like you understand it. It sounds like you have just a grasp. Uh, I mean, are, are you pack, Nick? Are we well, talking I'm gonna, I'm, to pack? 
I'm just saying like maybe I just have a better understanding of art as a whole. And, and I think that that may be what's going on here um, is that like I understand the theory behind it and the theory is impossible. And I think that's like the whole point. Um, but like if you're a dreamer in this space, it's more of a, uh, a, a narrative around him, Murat Pak, sort of uh, trying to represent Web3 as a whole, which is let's take a theoretical possibility, uh, which we all know is actually impossible, and then uh, present that as though it is possible, and then sell that to a bunch of unsuspecting victims. And, uh, and that's what NFTs are, right? Like that's when you think about that, that's like, oh yeah, we're going to go build some insane thing, but no way that's ever going to happen. But we're going to tell you that it's a possibility. And then, so you're going to go buy those NFTs. It's very similar to like Board Ape Yacht Club or Moonbirds or none of those people are ever going to actually build anything. <laughs> we're just holding on to it in the belief that one day actually they do release something, but it's not actually going to happen. And the same thing as Murat Pak was it an artistic sort of metaphor for this space. And so it requires that depth of understanding and uh, uh, philosophy um, for you to actually uh, comprehend the art. And so if you just don't get it, well, you don't get it, but like consider me uh, an advanced collector. I don't own any of this because I think it's a stupid narrative similar to like a painting and uh, MoMA uh, call it a skew and just turn like a black canvas to the right. And you're like, it's a skew. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's incredible. Uh, I think it's a similar narrative. Um, but, you know, this is Marat Pak's gold toilet. So I appreciate it for them. <laughs> well, I'm impressed. Uh, Jesse, you had had your hand raised several times during uh, those rants. Was there something you wanted to contribute on, uh, you know, any of the topics discussed? No, I'm just impressed with Nick showing the full range today from Biggie uh, <laughs> to, to the market analysis to the, the Oracle of Omaha. Yeah. No, um, I mean, it's, now it's it's kind of past about what we were talking about with these projects and expectations. I think part, I think a really big part of the problem is because I'm a big believer in Web three, um, in terms of using it as an unaccredited like seed round investment. Right, you can invest any amount that you want without any credentials, and boom, you can invest in. I can invest in you guys. I can invest in, uh, you know, Gabriel. You know, established people. That's awesome. The problem is um, liquidity is kind of like a double-edged sword. Liquidity is just everything in DeFi, right? It is king. But it's, it, it can't be that in NFTs and other investments. And so I think people really, if I mean, if you're really, if I really want to invest in certain projects, I think there should either be a lockup period or some other mechanism to reward holding other than, I mean, yeah, because if you invest in a seed round startup, whether it's Uber or whatever, like you put your money in and then you just like wait three years. Like you don't wait for tweets every update. And it's that's impossible to do in it when we have the other part of NFTs, which is it's purely based on an attention economy. This thing is just not going to get solved so long as we are all just on Twitter every day, check, you know, refreshing open sea prices. So there has to be some other mechanism to kind of uh, align those incentives. Well, we're going to see how it shakes out. I brought Justin Fredericks on stage. Justin, always well thought out, well researched takes, uh, has a tendency to, you know, do our, uh, our little uh, slogan, go long. Uh, I'll say, Justin, can't wait to hear what you're, you're thinking, but, uh, but you know, we don't have the, uh, the whole lecture kind of bandwidth today, but, but go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, just a quick uh, uh, reason why the last poets are pumping. So today's the last day to 
feed the poets pages, which is like the gamification aspect of it. So they're the poets and the pages. And so today's the last day to feed them pages, rename them, all those kind of mechanics uh, before it goes on to the next stage. That's that's why it's pumping. And is there like an, another drop or something like coming? Is there another event in the pack ecosystem? Uh, yeah, but it's all very kind of mysterious. And so obviously with Pac, so, uh, but if uh, this, the site kind of lays out some somewhat of a of a roadmap, but you know it's it's one of those projects that that it's always confusing every step along the way. <laughs> okay, uh, well we'll have to see. Uh, last question: Is there any indication of another like sale of NFTs, like a primary sale of NFTs? I haven't heard about that, but I heard you guys talking about another drop or something. I I that's the first I've heard of that. Do you think? Uh, last question for me. Do you think when the team, uh, Murat Pak's team, is having a meeting that they start each day with laughter saying, look at these dumb idiots who bought my NFT? <laughs> I, I do think Pac is kind of like a uh, like a Virgil Abloh of the space where it's like a lot of like uh, playing with the intersection of marketing and art. And and so, yeah, I mean, like I still have merge and I have, I have no idea what to do with these merge things like. 1x, 4x merge, uh, but I think a lot of it is playing with, it's like social experimenting. Yeah, that's that was my question, is what's the deal with the merge? Uh, Signal has her hand raised. Signal, what's going on? Yeah, just a question for Justin. Um, like, I'm, I'm just curious, like, out of all the artists in um, the space out, out there at the moment, the ones who are, like, showing their work, like, you see them on Twitter, you see their, um, like, whatever medium it is, photography, generative art, etc. So many talented artists out there who are trying to like break into the established class or just be up and coming. I'm just curious, why um, Why do you support like Puck and his ecosystem of lost poets? Well, yeah, so to be clear, like I, I you know, I've collected a, a lot of NFTs and, and early on I, you know, heard about what he was doing. He was pretty early and there were some mechanics of what he was doing in his other uh drops which i thought were kind of fascinating so for example you know he gets a lot of you know twitter hate and what he did with that is he airdropped everyone who screenshot something that kind of fudded his project um an nft of love and uh and people thought that they just won the lottery but uh they couldn't transfer it they couldn't do anything they couldn't sell it they couldn't do anything with it and then it kind of like self-destructed. It went to a burn address. So I, I think he's like playing with uh, Web3, like kind of this big laboratory, this big kind of experiment. Um, he, we don't know. I think it's actually probably likely a team of people. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, I I collect to both support individual artists. So I, I, for me, it's not mutually exclusive. I have a lot of NFTs from a lot of independent, you know, up and coming artists. I also collect digital collectibles, and I think Pac is uh, kind of somewhere in between. You know, I, I'm just trying to ex really, as a collector, try to dive in and immerse myself with everything that's going on at these early stages so you can kind of get, you know, the tonality of, of different groups, different projects, and uh, for a better comparison. Fair enough. Great answer, Justin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Gala Games. The Twitter handle is in the tweet for a chance to win one of the three Spider Tank NFTs that we are giving away. Uh, we have Jason from Gala Games on stage to discuss Spider Tanks, which is the free-to-play game uh, that we're going to be talking about today. Jason, thanks for joining us, man, and thanks for contributing to the conversation earlier. How's it going? 
It's going pretty good, man. It's going pretty good. Happy to be here. Wonderful to uh, be hanging out with all of you. Absolutely. And I know that you're a veteran when it comes to doing this stuff. Plenty of Twitter spaces experience, plenty of experience on the microphone. Um, you know, I always love having people like that on the show. You know, what can you tell us about like Gala Games? What can you tell us about Spider Tanks? Well, there's a few different things. First, I think that the thing you got to understand about Gala is that it's a lot bigger than just games. So yes, we have 28 AAA games currently in development. We have 400 people who are working on running all of these things internally for our four first-party games, thousands of people who are working on the third-party games, but we also are working in film and music. And so it's just really Gala, not so much Gala games. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, Spider Tanks is an absolutely ridiculously fun uh, light MOBA brawler 3v3 that uh, is releasing today at 12 noon Pacific, uh, full release, and uh, it's very, very fun. It is exactly what it sounds like. It is tanks that are spiders, and you run around and fight and blow people up, and uh, it's it's the type of game that we haven't actually had in this space yet, um, i.e. an actual fucking game. So <laughs> I hope I can say that. Am I allowed to say that? Or of course am I gonna you get, could say it. But eat it off. It's an actual fucking game there. Hashtag. <laughs> Nick, you unmuted. Something for Jason? Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. It says first Web3 eSport with or- earnings. So uh-huh. is there is there some uh, competition that's that's going on right now? And like, ha- like are there people We're- that have invested in different teams? Or how's that structured? Uh, there's, there's quite a few different uh, like traditional... Um, gaming guilds and whatnot that are starting to pick up the esports banner for it. It is super fast-paced and very fun to play and lends itself to an esports structure. So a little bit later this month, we'll have the uh, like uh, third third-person commenter view that will be able to be activated in uh, in games, and so people will be able to start uh, streaming and broadcasting it. And we'll have a bunch of esports competitions that are kicking off with some prize pools and things like that. So. It's it's very fun. What what is the um what, what is the NFT aspect of things uh, provide? I see that there's it's actually quite cheap. Um, although uh, it it seems like you need to buy it in Gala token. Uh, that there's 184 of these only on OpenSea. What does the NFT provide yeah. from a utility standpoint? So basically, and, and what you're seeing on OpenSea is obviously the stuff that's on Ethereum because, you know, that's what OpenSea does. We have our own L1 that goes live uh, at the same time as launch. So there'll be some other stuff on there and you'll be able to bridge your uh, your Ethereum fungible tokens over to that as actual NFTs and then upgrade and things like that. The idea is to provide true ownership to players. You know, we all got really tired of people, you know, buying things in, in free-to-play games and you know, you buy a skin or you buy a weapon or whatever, and uh, you don't actually own it. It's not actually yours. It's just a database entry on someone's server, and then eventually they cycle the game down and your stuff is gone. We didn't like that, so we decided to focus heavily on player ownership, and that's what we do uh, That's what we do with, with all of the NFTs here. So you have tanks. You have some tanks that are hero tanks. So, for example, one of the tanks that we're, we're giving away is the uh, Snoop Lowrider tank which we did in a uh, partnership with Snoop. And it's this little uh, little tank that has a gigantic speaker cannon on top and then blows other tanks up with sound waves. Um, but you also have tanks that are comprised of like uh, just parts. So you'll have like the gun and then you'll have the body of the tank and you, have, you can mix and match guns and bodies and skins and props and all of that. It's a lot of fun. So, 
Uh, one follow-on. You mentioned there about having your own L1. Uh, yeah. That was that was a, a proposal that happened with ApeCoin as well, and there was mm -hmm. some debate over it. You know, there were a lot. Uh, I, I don't know what the uh, final standing was. I, I think it got uh, rejected initially, um, but, uh, but it was uh, pr pretty much based on some commentary that Gordon uh, Goner had tweeted about mm -hmm. the concept of launching their own L1. What's the upside for for doing that? And then uh, like. What's the downside? Like, do you end up locked into sure. your own ecosystem? And one of the things that we've discussed, sorry to go on a little uh, 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 no, commentary take it, take about it sideways, this. sideways, man. Take it but, sideways. But, Let's do it. But um, one of the things that we discussed is sort of how like, uh, or one argument is that, well, uh, Apple or one of these other places, inevitably, as we go down the road here and NFTs become a, a mass consumer sort of thing, then the expectation that this is all going to exist on Ethereum may may actually just be a, a false uh, notion. And yep. so I'm wondering, like, uh, why you all chose to do that. Um, oh, and, you're going to make me you're going to make me piss people off, man. You're going to make <laughs> me piss people off. I don't want to do that. Yeah, <sighs> I actually would prefer that you piss people off. So go take it to the house. Okay, good. So here's the deal, guys. I mean, I love Ethereum. Okay, I love Ethereum a lot. I think it's it's super cool. Um, you know, the whole concept of the world computer is is fantastic. I also love the fact that, you know, you have Ethereum as this L1 base layer and you have all these L2s that are doing other cool Ethereum-based stuff on top of them. However, the shitty, actual, hard, cold facts reality is that Ethereum or the L2s, okay, uh, cannot handle the transaction volumes of an actual live game with millions of users. Absolutely just cannot. We'll catch on fire and fall over. Um, the crypto space right now is tiny. And uh, our company was was founded by Eric Schiermeyer, one of the co-founders of Zynga. And, you know, they have, they have games there that, you know, you have like 30, 50 million daily active users. All of them are making transactions in-game. If you threw hundreds of millions of transactions at any one of these L1s or L2s right now, the whole thing would die. And so this is why we had to go in an entirely different direction because, you know, from a tech perspective um, and from from a business perspective of, of you know, you don't want to be beholden to something that somebody else can can just willy nilly go and change at this point in time. Um, you know, we needed to do something entirely different. So I think that what you're going to see in the long run is a multi-chain future where you have Ethereum that has you know all of your blue chip art on it has all of these sorts of things your l2s that have a little bit of that but more projects that have more utility and a little bit more transaction volume but nothing insane and then uh other specialized l1s that are application specific for you know like what we're doing with with gaming you know we just there's so many more transactions that are required to do what we do than you know to do anything on ethereum I mean, I love well, that response. I mean, that, that, and, go ahead, Nick. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I think that that's something that people might not understand that they they probably should think about, right? Is the what the future is going to really look like from a blockchain perspective right. for these games? You know, we got Kicks with his hand raised. Kicks, obviously, the CEO of a gaming company himself. You know, Kicks, do you have a question for Jason? Yeah, Jason. Um, <laughs> first of all, I'm really excited about this Spider Tanks game. I, I actually played uh, World of Tanks uh, mm. on, on Steam back in the day, and it was really fun. Uh, so I'm excited to uh, check that out. I was just curious um, how you look at uh, like, you know, 
uh, all of the games that you have in your like portfolio, do you consider them kind of like separate, um, like separate IP or are you guys looking from like an NFT perspective of like ways to sort of tie them together? Yeah. So, so we do have one central tenant that ties everything together and that is, that is Vox. Um, so you can think of Vox and the Vox verse is kind of like the Wreck-It Ralph, uh, you know, interconnecting portal thing that ties everything together in some way, shape. Great or movie, form. by the way. I, it's an amazing movie, right? I love, I love that sort of uh, that thought space. Um, however, that said, all of these games are their own separate games, okay? And they have to be able to exist that way. Um, we have one game, for example, uh, The Walking Dead Empires, which we're doing with uh, AMC. And uh, that's one of our, our internal uh, first-party games. We're doing that in partnership with AMC. And AMC is extremely very specific about the types of things that you can put, you know, the Walking Dead characters up next to. So it's very difficult to take Walking Dead and put it in, say, Battlestar Galactica, which is obviously its own separate IP. Um, so from an interoperability standpoint, it's very difficult to bridge some of these concepts together because, you know, you have the you know, Battlestar Galactica with uh, walkers running around on it. And that doesn't, it creates an entirely different, interesting universe, which as a free thinking, creative nerd, I absolutely love. But as somebody who has uh, some basic rudimentary understanding of IP law, uh, terrifies me. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, but we definitely do want to see as many of these things come together as possible. Um, but also understand that sometimes that's not something that can, that can be done as freely as we would like. Appreciate the response kicks. Any follow-up on that? I uh, know th that was a great answer. Um, and I know we're talking specifically about spider tanks. Just want to make sure I understand mm. it like properly. It's sort of like, you know, that real life thing, like battle bots where people kind of like customize their bot and they fight against each other. Is that how like the tanks you work? Could, uh, it's a little, it's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more skill based in the sense that, you know, you, you construct your tank out of various pieces, you optimize it, you know, for example, uh, you know, you might have a little rubber ducky that you put on your tank's head that gives it higher elemental damage, because that makes sense, right? You know, obviously, everyone knows okay. rubber duckies create elemental damage. Um, and then you go in there and you're up against everybody else who has also done the same thing. So this is where that there's like a little MOBA-ish strategy component. Um, and then you just have to be really, really freaking good at it. And I am appallingly terrible and i love getting on and playing with the community and just getting my ass absolutely handed to me um because it's it's fun and you know the world of tanks i, I like world of tanks as well and anytime i play a a you know military game I, I have a tendency to find myself in a tank that's kind of where i like to be um but this is this is a lot more fast-paced and a little bit more cartoony and it doesn't take itself quite as seriously um, you know, so for example, we have a, a shark tank, which is a tank that is shaped like a shark and it fires torpedoes that swim through the land because obviously, um, you know, and uh, it, it a lot of it centers around chicken related lore. So there's a gigantic chicken tank. That's a that's a lot of fun as well. So <laughs> to I, hear I'm, a, I'm a big uh, PVP brawler guy. I, I love uh, brawler. Dude, you're yeah. You got to get in this. You've got to get in this. It is so wickedly fun and i mean that's the thing this is what we've in in the web3 space and i know that a lot of a lot of your listeners are you know pfp and art related and things like that which is fantastic i love that stuff too um but this is what we need to bring millions and hundreds of millions of people in you know bringing hundreds of millions of people into a a 
you know, 10,000 mint PFP project is, is really, really difficult. Bringing hundreds of thousands or millions of people into a fast paced, super fun, crazy game that, you know, leaves people like screaming and jumping around is, uh, is much more, it's a much more compelling argument in my mind. Yeah, well, Jason, I'll tell you what, I definitely will be rocking the rubber ducky elemental build because in Rocket League, I have a rubber ducky on my uh, car and just the intimidation factor is unreal. Nothing it's, like it's unreal. That. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. I, I also have a, a, I don't know how to say this. It's, I think it's a snill tote. Uh, it's a little, it's a little key that I, I keep on top of my, uh, like, like an actual keyboard key that is on top of my tank. I find that it, uh, it sets off my gigantic snoop speakers quite nicely. <laughs> I love to hear it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your last chance to retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Gala Games for a chance to win one of the three Spider Tank NFTs that we're going to be giving away. We're going to draw the three winners. If I invite you to the stage, that means that you won. So just come on stage to accept the prize. I will verbally announce the winners too. Signal as her hand raised. Signal, do you have a question for Jason? Yeah, Jason, I wanted to ask, as the game um, evolves, for people yeah. who don't have the NFT, like how mm -hmm. far can they go in the game? For example, would they get stopped out, let's just say, by levels? Or could they play all the way, but they, but they, but well, what they would lack is just no ownership? The, the, the game itself isn't so much a game where there's a, a, a progression, okay? So it's not like you start it at one point and you have to play through a bunch of levels to get to the end of the game. It's straight up PvP. Um, so you would be able to jump in and you would be able to play a lot of our esports leagues that we're working with. Um, they have like no NFT competitions that they do um, where everybody just jumps in and competes. The, the, the key here is that it's a fun game for you to play uh, regardless. Now, what you can't do if you don't have an NFT, um, actually, hold on, qualifying statement. Um, if you came in and you were playing with a free tank that, you know, just like free to play, free tank, free gun, there would be no earning component to it at all. Um, and that's fine. You can still jump in and play and have tons and tons and tons of fun. Um, however, there is also a pilot program where you can, uh, you know, for example, I own two tanks, right? I can take one of those tanks and I can put it in a central pool where other people who have no tank can come in. And I, because I own that, there is an earning potential that's tied to that. So they can come in, use my tank, play with it, have tons of fun, um, and potentially earn a little bit out of that as well. Um, but it's mostly our main focus here is primarily on the uh, the gameplay per aspect. You know, so we want people to come in and play and have fun. It's just if you don't have NFTs, you can't do things like upgrade them because you don't have them. Stuff like that. So there is a certain degree of token gating, but it's not, it doesn't seem like that's the number one priority. The number one priority it's is absolutely to not. Yeah. Yeah, the number one priority is to build a really fun game. And and really, if we boil it down, it's like to just build an audience for the game, right? Like an mm -hmm. audience of people that are interested in playing the game. Because once you have that, everything else falls into place, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's about that, it's about that community. And that's that's critical for us. Absolutely. So I've invited the three winners. We already have one on stage. Uh X NFT crypto right now is on stage. Bitcoin Sugar Daddy. Great name. Uh, come on stage. <laughs> I've invited you. We Bay, that's at Ajax Aruba. Uh, come on stage. I've invited you guys. So Bitcoin Sugar Daddy, 
and we bay come on stage uh, and then we will do our little winner ceremony. So, so Jason, you know, what else should people, I see Bitcoin sugar daddy came just we bay is the last one. Uh, if we bay doesn't come on in the next couple minutes, we'll draw another winner. Jason, what else should people know about the game? Like the call to action here is to just check it out, right? To play it for just free. Go play. Just go, it goes, it goes live at uh, 12 noon Pacific. Um, and go play. It's it's. This is not a thing where we're you know trying to get you guys to buy an NFT for some game that's not going to come out for four years or anything like that. Um, this is a live ass game, and you can play and have fun, and it's 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 off. It's awesome. Um, I would recommend that if anyone's interested to hop in our Discord at galagames.chat and uh, you know come say hi. Uh, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a different Discord, and and for your community, it might be a little bit jarring because we don't have any discussion of token prices or anything like that in there. Um, <laughs> you know, so, 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 you know, we're, we don't talk about floors. We don't talk about, you know, any, you know, trends or any of that, but, but if you want to talk about games, it is the absolute best place to be. I believe it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have our winners on stage. We have WeBay, XNFT and Bitcoin sugar daddy. How do y'all feel? feel amazing. 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 <laughs> All right, Thank it sounds so much. It sounds it. like you're so excited. Somebody's just shaking their microphone <laughs> just around. Just smashing violently. the mic. Just smashing the microphone. You love to hear that destructive excitement uh, for winning. <laughs> beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Um, so you guys have the NFT now. Are you guys gamers? I am I, not. Um, oh, you are I now. Am not. I, <laughs> have two, I have two teenagers, so I will be educating them on that, and uh, hopefully they'll play it. Perfect. <laughs> yep. Perfect. I will definitely be playing as well. So definitely. Now these are the, the tanks that you guys are getting. These are some pretty cool tanks. These are hero tanks. Okay. So what this basically means is that they have a gun and body together. And I think that we're doing uh, a Snoop tank, a Snoop low rider. Uh, if I remember correctly, doing one of the shark tanks and we're doing a scorpion. Does that sound right for what, for what, uh, what Seif and Rustin told you guys, but, but they're, they're super, super, super cool. So I, I recommend that you guys hop in and uh, we'll be in there playing too. So if you see me, say hi. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love to hear it. Uh, well, thank you so oh, much. Oh shit, it's a Halloween tank. Oh my God, what was I thinking? Obviously, it's a Jackdo lantern. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it is Halloween. What the, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. And that's it. that is epic. It's, it's like the scariest freaking uh, tank you, you have ever seen. Epic. Well, it's love cool. to... Love to hear it, Jason. So people can check out the game. It goes live in what ninety minutes? Uh, uh, five hours, five and a half hours, four and a half hours, four and a half hours, four and a half hours. You'll be able to play the game for free. You know, it is a free to play game. It's just designed to have fun. If you enjoy it, you can check out the NFTs for in-game upgrades and in-game access to things that you can't get if you don't have the NFTs. But ultimately, it's just designed to be a fun game. Any closing thoughts, Jason? No, man, that's it. You guys just come hang out and uh, give us a follow. And, and if you want to, if you have any questions, uh, hit me up at BitbenderBrink on Twitter and shoot me a message. My DMs are open. Love it. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Shout out to Gala Games. Shout out to Jason uh, for sponsoring the show today. Uh, shout out to our winners and happy Halloween. Uh, love to see it. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week. We'll close out here. Happy Halloween. We'll close out with a little bit of a different flavor about playing the game. We'll catch you guys next time. See you in 90 minutes in our show with Elio Trades. Have a good one.